0: lake effect continues on milwaukee public radio i'm mitch tyke and i'm bonnie north Earlier this summer, the owners of a longtime staple on the Wisconsin produce scene announced they'll shut their doors for good at the end of September. Brennan's Markets operated five stores around Wisconsin, including in Brookfield and Economowoc. It was founded 75 years ago. With so many choices of stores, both commercial chains and specialty chains, how does the natural selection of markets sustain both? And what were the contributing factors that caused the closing of a longtime
1: staple? A little while ago, we heard from grocery retail analyst David Livingston on lake effect, and he said that today's customers are not as loyal as they once were.
0: We are getting away from the one-stop shop supermarket trips. People are making multiple stops, going to Trader Joe's, perhaps Fresh Time, Sendix, Metro Market, Walmart, Aldi. There's uh, not a lot of loyalty anymore in the grocery business. Livingston also suggested the closure of Brennan's was linked to business operations and its
1: smaller scale than other retailers. For more on the story, Lake Effect's Audrey Nowakowski spoke with Brennan's Market spokesman Wayne Glowack. Brennan's probably is one of the original farm-to-table concepts that gained popularity, you know, beginning 75 years ago when Frank Brennan opened a grocery store on the corner of Highway 69 and 8th Street in Monroe, Wisconsin it really kind of evolved from a, a small fruit stand he, he had there 75 years ago
0: from that little farm stand it's grown to several locations as well as some that house the cheese shops and factories and things like that what were the right circumstances that let a small fruit stand on the side of the road grow to you know a family business and an institution
1: yeah yeah so it actually grew to 5 and a cheese processing center in Monroe. But ironically enough, one of the the main circumstances which helped him grow was a tornado. Frank had built the store, and it was doing well. But uh, in 1965, a tornado actually destroyed the business. And Skip uh, Skip Brennan, Frank's son, likes to say the tornado was a special gift because it really made him rethink the whole layout of their stores. And if you've been to Brennan's, you understand the layout is unique. It really helped them decide that they needed to, to re engineer the space, which has been a blessing and a bit of a challenge because the stores are a little bit harder to sell now, you know, because they have the open atrium area, areas that are exposed to the outside, and then an interior area that's, that's refrigerated actually to 55 degrees to keep the, you know, fruit and produce and cheese the temperature they like it. So from that, they eventually grow. And I, I think the reason was they, Provided a premium product and really amazing service. And throughout the Brennan family history, the concept was really to respect the customer. And that, that exists today through their unfortunate closing. But they uh, proceeded to grow and uh, opened University Avenue in Madison in 67, expanded to Brookfield in 1988, uh, Watts Road in Madison in 2004, and a walk in 2009.
0: You mentioned respecting the customers, one of their qualities that Brennan's embodied. But what other quintessential qualities did this store have and the characteristics that brought people in and also kept them coming back?
1: Yeah, if, if I could, maybe I'd like to start by answering that with going back to the respect respecting. Just a conversation I had with Tim Colhane, uh, the manager. So, you know, as you know, when a lot of businesses are going out of business, they'll hire liquidators to come in. And it was actually suggested that Brennan should start selling you know, patio furniture that a liquidator would put in their stores that Brennan could say is 70% off. And and Tim's response was, he laughed at that. He said, that's not who we are. We're not going out of business to just make a few bucks in the process. We're going out of business with continued respect to our customers as well as our staff and vendors. So, you know, it's a company that's really walk the walk and talk the talk. You know, back to why they became, you know, I think so cherished was one of the few places where you could get chin and peaches from Idaho, blueberries from Michigan, cherries from Door County. And in almost all of those farms, including some of the wineries they bought wine from in Chile, the family got to know uh, the producers and felt very, very strongly that you don't really know who you're buying from until you sit across from them at a dinner table and go to their facility see how, how well they keep it or, or not. Uh, and if they don't, they probably weren't a vendor for very long. So they, they built up really strong personal relationships with their suppliers, and that's why this going out of business is especially sad for everyone you know, across the channel.
0: Definitely. And with the connections made, how do you balance going out of business respectfully and gracefully with all parties involved while still facing that reality?
1: Yeah, that 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 was a tough one. So it, it began with open and honest communications with the staff, which is kind of risky. You don't know if people are going to immediately bail, but uh, there was a communication plan to to let the staff know uh, in a timely fashion, and also communicate with all of the vendors in advance of the press release. Uh, and I have to tell you, Audrey, we were shocked and you know somewhat pleased, I guess, by the response we had from the press release we sent out. We had public publications in the range of 150 or more uh, reach out to us. We were literally uh, published nationally in trade publications. And we hadn't really anticipated that, that it would be that big of news. But I guess that's because, you know, we were, I guess, a bit of an institution.
0: Right. And it resonates with a lot of people, whether they've been in a store a few times on a trip with family or a regular shopper. But with Brennan's, you mentioned certain things that are fundamental to the business and the family. But is there a core tenant or value that Brennan's has always embodied that the owners never compromised on, like either you know, a word or even a phrase that kept this business successful for so long?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, and it goes back to a story. So I was with Skip Brennan during a, a business function. There are a bunch of business leaders. And uh, he had commented that they had this Chilean wine that, in fact, was pretty rare. And the reason it was rare was because there was a huge container ship that sank on its way to America. And he just happened to get a shipment before that sank. And the wine was in high demand. And one of the business owners in the group said, well, of course, this is an awesome opportunity for you to increase the price because you have, you know, decrease scarcity, and you can, you know, make a much higher profit off, off the wine you have. And Skip, Skip was a bit offended, and <laughs> I really appreciate your question, uh, because he, he says, I believe in the big circle. And, and the big circle is that, you know, the, the good and bad that I do to everyone will come back and bite me in the, in the rear. He used a little more colorful language than that. <laughs> he, he said, why, why would I ever do anything that would you know disrespect my customers by just gouging them on a few hundred bottles of wine just to make a little bit more money, so that's not what we're about um and that's not, that's not what we'll ever be about. so for me, I've always remembered that phrase, the big circle, and yeah, it's powerful comment, I think,
0: yeah. your press statement refers to changing consumer habits, and I wonder, does the Brennan family or anyone in management feel as if the customer has failed them because of changing yeah. consumer habits, that that's a key reason why the store is closing. But for a store to hold their customer in such high esteem and respect, but to, I mean, ultimately not have that pay out in a crude sort of way to put it?
1: Yeah, It's, it's, been, it's been a real mixed blessing with the literally thousands of Facebook posts but I can tell you the only negative comment I heard was, boy, I wish we'd heard from more of these people <laughs> the last, you know, 10 years. Right. Because it is a bittersweet. But sales have been absolutely amazing. And more than a few customers have actually come in and, and teared up um, talking to us, saying how much they're going to miss us. But I think from a business standpoint, what we saw during the depre- uh, recession, uh, for us it was almost a depression, the recession in '08 was a significant downturn in sales. And we said, okay, well, we got to cut expenses and we, we need to weather through this. But what happened was when the economy rebounded and customer confidence rebounded, our sales didn't. And I think if we had all the answers, we wouldn't be going out of business. But we did notice and guess that people found other shopping opportunities. And there are a lot of other great stores out there, more so now than I think ever in history, for people to have you know great shopping experiences. And... We just didn't see the customer bounce back like we could. And then the writing on the wall for us was in December of last year, 16, when we saw really lackluster sales for our online cheese ordering. And and that had been an amazing revenue center for us and also very good profit. And it just didn't bounce. And that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back, which really made the owners realize we need to do something. We're not just going to bleed to death here. We're going to try to go out with our heads up. We're not going to file for bankruptcy. Uh, We're going to take this in a measured fashion, but we need to sell our assets and, and, and move on.
0: Right. As you mentioned, no one can tell the future or predict what's going to happen. But do you think the recession truly was that tipping point that just couldn't be rebounded fully, you know, despite there's lots of fresh markets opening up, various metro markets? You know, all these markets are opening up within, you know, a few miles of each other trying to cater to a certain element, but Brennan's has had the same core products for all of its business life. But do you think ultimately with this increased competition that people's attention spans just couldn't sit on Brennan's for a while or return <laughs> yeah, to it?
1: I, yeah, I think so. And and also, you know, Brennan's didn't have paper towels or toilet paper. And I think we're all feeling time bankrupt. That, you know, if I can find a place that will fulfill all of my needs, I simply just don't have as much time or I don't perceive as I have as much time. And that that was part of it, too.
0: Do you think there were any points where you changed course or even a point where you were changing course too much that then came the decision to go out of business rather than fail and go into bankruptcy?
1: We did try a customer awards program, which was really uh, unique for us. And, you know, a bit revolutionary. I mean, it's Skip, you know, although we sold the business a number of years ago to Tim, you know, he really set the course that we're going to do it our way. And in that stubbornness was the glory of Brennan, and in that stubbornness was maybe their challenge. But to be frank, I don't think they really could have made a significant amount of changes to do anything differently. At least there's nothing we could think of. One thing we did notice, though, with our um, customer loyalty program, which was very concerning was that our average customer visit was 30 days. So we had thought our customers visited us far more frequently, you know, weekly or or biweekly, but certainly not every 30 days. And at that level, you know, based upon pre-recession research, we knew that the customers, our even our loyal customers, weren't shopping as often as they used to.
0: Brennan's has been along for. You know, seventy-five years, as we've mentioned. But what do you think its overall impact on the grocery market and business has been? And more so than that, what do you hope people will remember the most about Brennan's Markets? Mm-hmm.
1: I I think well, I, I don't know any of this for a fact, but but we hope we had an influence on helping people realize that there's a lot of great product that exists in our area that you know you don't necessarily have to purchase your Produce from from out of state. Obviously, there are a lot of out of state opportunities, but you know we have some of the greatest cheesemakers in the world in, in Green County, and some amazing craft breweries uh, in the state of Wisconsin. And, and I hope people realize that we should buy local, that we should respect the relationships we have with the people we purchase from, and I think it's a hel- uh, you know overall healthier way to live.
0: Well, Wayne Glock I'd like to thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. My pleasure. Wayne Glowack is the spokesman for Brennan's Markets. This summer, the store announced its closure after 75 years in business. You can shop at any Brennan's Market until they officially close on September 30th.